This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Tuesday, October 26, 2010. I'm Caleb Brown. 50 years is enough. The U.S. embargo on Cuba has gone on for decades. Predictions of its demise have met with harsh reality time and time again. Ian Vasquez, director of the Cato Institute Center for Global Liberty and Prosperity, suggests that some simple reforms could hasten the end of a destructive policy. So far, there's been announcements, but not really much in the way of reforms. But what we're seeing in Cuba is the slow unraveling of communism, just as has happened everywhere else that that has been tried. Essentially, uh, after the Soviet Union collapsed, Cuba lost access to billions of dollars in subsidies, which is what kept it afloat. Cuban communism has always been kept afloat by outside aid. And uh, beginning in the late 90s, that... Uh, Soviet aid was essentially replaced by aid money coming from Hugo Chavez's Venezuela. But Venezuela, which is trying to have a socialist revolution based on the Cuban model, is now running into its own economic difficulties, despite the fact that it's lived a decade of fairly high oil prices. So uh, even that isn't uh, helping Cuba anymore. And so the government there has, the regime there has announced that it's going to have to lay off hundreds of thousands of of workers. What lies at the root of the U.S. maintaining this uh, embargo with Cuba for so long? Well, it's a combination of uh, the the history of the embargo and domestic politics uh, here, which make it difficult to to, to lift uh, easily. But uh, the the point of the embargo, or the goal of the embargo, has switched uh, or evolved o- over the years from changing policy to cha- actually changing uh, regime. Sometimes it was aimed at security uh, issues in the United States. Now that argument doesn't hold any any water. In fact, there's no real reason to to have the embargo anymore. It's, it simply hasn't accomplished any of, uh, of the goals of changing policy in Cuba, much less changing the regime there. And you, we just simply should not be afraid of lifting the embargo that, that, that will somehow save uh, socialism from its inherent flaws. Socialism collapsed all around the world with, uh, in regimes with which the West had engaged uh, in trade. And so uh, that's not going to be any different in the case of Cuba. And in any event, unless and until Cuba changes its own domestic policies, we're not going to see uh, a rush of capital investment there. There's another side to the embargo with Cuba besides uh, our concern for the people who have to uh, live under uh, that regime. And that is, why, why shouldn't American citizens be able to go wherever they want? Well, precisely. This is a, a sort of an anomaly. Uh, why is the United States preventing American citizens from exercising their rights to travel where, wherever they want to? So if if an citizen, American citizen wants to, he can go to North Korea. So there's an inconsistency in, in foreign policy in the case of, of Cuba. Um, I think, in fact, that uh, the best place to start if we don't fully lift the comprehensive embargo is by lifting the travel embargo on Cuba. And that would certainly expose, I think that would have the most positive effect on Cuba in terms of the expansion of freedom, because it will expose uh, Cubans to the to hundreds of thousands, maybe even a million uh, American citizens per year, and help to put them in, in touch directly 
cre create or expand uh, a black market e economy, uh, which is corrupting or at the very least undermining of the Cuban regime because it will make uh, Cubans that much more independent uh, of the state. And so in that way, help to uh, promote uh, the independence of Cuban citizens to form uh, civil, stronger civil society organizations and to organize and, and so on. This, of course, is something that the Cuban uh, government fears. But I think, like so much, uh, they, they will try but will not ultimately be able to, to control that dynamic. Speaking of the realm of the possible, are there other reforms that the United States could implement that would also speed the uh, end of the embargo? Well, you know, there's, a, there's only a limited amount that the United States can do to, uh, to, to push for change in, in Cuba. But I think that lifting the embargo is, uh, is the most powerful uh, and pretty much uh, the limit of what it can do. Uh, we, I don't think it's a good idea, as, uh, as some do, that the United States begin financing uh, opposition groups down there, or dissidents, or anything of, of the like. And in fact, the leading dissidents in Cuba today, who uh, are in favor also of having the embargo uh, lifted, also are very critical of official U.S. aid money going to finance groups because it immediately gives the the Cuban government uh, uh, a, I guess, an. Ex an excuse for cracking down on anybody who opposes them under the argument that these guys are being financed by Washington in an effort to overthrow the government. And so it, dis it helps to discredit opposition. And this is something that uh, a lot of the opposition folks down there don't want. Ian Vasquez is director of the Cato Institute Center for Global Liberty and Prosperity. You can read more on the U.S. embargo on Cuba at Cato.org.